and I'm sitting there in the chair and the phone rings and it's the vet and my heart is like boom, boom, oh, pounding goodness. out of my chest. And I pick up the phone and the vet's like, oh, hey, Lana. <laughs> and I was like, hey. Oh, hopefully that enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, so how's it going? She's like, well, you know, we got the uh, results back. And I was like, and? And? <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you. Welcome to the Woofy Show, the ultimate dog lover's digest. Meet your hosts, Brian and Magda, two dog lovers ready to help you be the best dog parent, unravel the mysteries of canine behavior, and keep you updated on the latest trends in the dog world. This podcast has something for everyone. Get ready for heartwarming stories, expert advice, and a lot of laughs. Today we are joined by Alana, who is here to talk to us about her real-life story of how she was able to reverse stage 2 kidney failure on one of her dogs purely through diet so welcome to the show Alana thank you thank you for having me no worries um how about you just start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself in general how many dogs do you have what kind of are you passionate about yeah so I mean obviously I am very passionate about dogs I mean yeah. getting uh, the opportunity to come and talk to two people who want to actually sit here and just listen to me talk about dogs is of course amazing <laughs> um, a little bit uh, about myself I am uh, married to a wonderful man um, who you'll begin to understand has a lot of patience uh, also a dog lover um, we originated from British Columbia and so uh, we both grew up there and my whole life I have wanted and loved animals but I was never allowed to have a dog because we never lived anywhere where we could uh, have a dog yeah. so I was sort of like a a forced cat person if you will yeah. and okay. cats do not like me <laughs> Cats don't um, like me either. Maybe I, I don't like them. I, though, I don't so. really like cats yeah. either. I, you know, like I would never, I would never want to see any harm done to any animal. Yeah. But yeah. cats and I, like they're unpredictable. You do not know if you're going to get a clawed paw to the face at any time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I just never really, you know, connected with cats. I did have one uh, named Julian actually, who was more dog-like. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he wasn't a dog. He still wasn't me yeah. enough. Right. And so... I had come across uh, a girl that I worked with who had a miniature pincher who was the most well-behaved, snuggly, gorgeous dog, a red minpin, and I fell in love. And so I decided at that point I wanted to get a black and tan minpin and I was going to name him Batman. And That's awesome. such a suitable name for yeah. a minpin, right? Like, he's got, look like, he's got like the bat, like his ears are like yeah. bat wings. Yeah. To the point, I found this dog um, from a backyard breeder, and I, I don't condone backyard breeders by any stretch of the imagination now that I know what I know. Yeah. But at the time, this is going on 16 years ago, I had no idea. Yeah. And I, so, I feel like a lot of standard people don't have any idea they're just going on kijiji and they're like okay exactly. i'd want this dog yeah. exactly it was a litter of black and tan min pins they were 700 dollars each and it was this lady in abbotsford and yeah. so why not well, you're like right? i want one of these dogs that's why would you yeah take where, where else yeah. do i get him right, from right, right. Well, yeah. i had no clue what yeah. i was yeah. doing and so i go and and there he is this little gorgeous black and tan <laughs> min pin and I picked him out and named him Batman. And then I had to come back after because he wasn't old enough yet. And so okay. I had to come back a few weeks later to go and pick him up. And he was the last puppy there. And I'm telling you, I walked in and this dog, this little puppy came running out from under the couch, bit his mom in the neck and then came running towards me. And
And it was at that moment (laughs) that I knew I had done something major. Like I didn't know whether it was good major, bad major, but I was in for it. It was like a highlight moment. It was for sure. Like, you know, it was like, ah, there it is. Right. And so (laughs) I fell in love so much so like that it hurt when I was like away from this dog. Like he's my soul dog. And I started to look into what else was kind of going on um, and came across a rescue in Vancouver that um, was really big into bringing massive amounts of dogs actually over um, from the United States from um, what we're not supposed to call kill shelters, but essentially a shelter where if they are overpopulated, behavioral, whatever, the dogs will be euthanized. And that's more and more common in the States. Yeah. Not such a common occurrence in Canada. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. didn't. Know that. uh, yeah, interesting. that's interesting. I've it heard is. about them in the States. I didn't know they weren't common up here, though. Yeah. So that's good. That's good I, to know. Uh, yeah, it's I thought w- they were just like common everywhere. Yeah. I didn't realize that wasn't in such Canada. a thing. It's a lot different in Canada, which is why in Canada, one of the major problems we have is overcrowding. Yeah. There's, okay. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, we're fighting this constant battle, right? Mm-hmm. There's dogs that need homes and there's nowhere for them to go. And people are in situations where, you know, they medically or, you know, dogs are having litters of puppies because they're not getting spayed and neutered yeah. and, and you've got this overpopulation program. And and the majority of dogs in Canada that are in shelters are big dogs, not small dogs. Yeah. But the problem in Canada, a lot of major cities is everybody is in condo apartments, yeah, well they have, townhome and, yeah, living, they especially in BC. They can't right? have big dogs. So now we've got a problem where the supply in Canada in rescue doesn't necessarily meet the demand. Okay. And so you have rescues that are saving lives, but they are doing it from other countries like the yes. United States, Mexico, Dominican. I mean, the list goes on and people have mixed feelings about that and everybody's allowed to feel however they yep. want about yeah, it. Yeah, okay? um, but I got involved with this rescue that focused on small dogs because I just, my dog was small and yeah. I just, the bleeding heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that evolved into rescuing my first dog uh, named Falcor, who was a little chihuahua because I decided that I needed to get my dog Batman a dog. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, that's we, how it starts. I got my dog a dog and then I got my dog's dog a dog. And I saw that like <laughs> funny video. It's, and someone had like five dogs at that point. It's, it's, a, yeah. for re- it's a for real thing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Brian, because <laughs> it it's is. what's actually transpired in my life. So. Oh, I think we're, we're that will we, be us. I too. think we're there as we're, well. We're, talk- we're already talking about, yeah. oh, we, it, need, we need a dog for Maple to play yeah, with. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not sure if I can handle it. But <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I, and, you know, I will say this. The concept of getting your dog a dog is actually a good one because Batman, type A personality, super high strung, separation anxiety. Like this dog would eat every time I would leave. He would eat just my right flip flop, not my left, always the right one. Like, so he's calculated, right? And I was just like, he is sitting at home thinking about how he is going to anger me because I left him, right? And so I was like, I'm getting him a dog. So I got him a chihuahua named Falcor, who was a rescue from this girl who just wound up adopting two chihuahuas and then deciding she wasn't a dog person. And so she was going to just put them up on uh, Craigslist and see if she could get her money back. And I was horrified by that because I was like, although the courts look at dogs as property, I don't look at dogs as property. You can't just, I'm just going to try and get my money back. And so I entered in and I was like, I will take her. I will take her and I will give her the absolute best life you could ever imagine, but I won't pay you for her. And I'm not going to pay you for her because I don't think that 
in my personal opinion, you should be rewarded financially. No, it's a yeah. lesson. Or an error she needs in judgment. to learn a lesson. Yeah. yeah right? This is a, a living being. This is a life, yeah. right? Yeah. So she I, didn't like that, but I guess I had a way with my yeah. words. And <laughs> You're a salesperson. I'm so a there salesperson. you go. <laughs> I like that mentality, though. That's actually very smart. I, I like that you did that because you're right. They should not be rewarded. They should learn a lesson. Yeah. And you made sure she learned a lesson. And and at that point, it was just yeah. like, I'm going to take on, you know, the responsibility of the spay, you know, that needs to happen. Yeah. All of the remainder of her vetting, like all of that, like I'm taking that off your hands, but I'm certainly not going to pay you yeah. to feel better about you making a mistake. I think you need to learn from yeah. it. Right. And so, uh, somehow she managed to agree and I wound up bringing Falcor home and the temperament change in Batman was night and day. There was no more massive freakouts when I would leave the house and, you know, wow. he stopped eating my right flip flop, like different things That's like so that. so interesting. I never thought of it in that way. Yeah. People just see it as like a play friend, but yeah, when they are home alone or whatever like the they're dynamic doing. dynamic just yeah. changes, right? A hundred percent. And I saw it and they became like thick as thieves, yeah. right? And so... Obviously, we were living in BC. We, you know, we, I wound up buying a two bedroom condo, 852 square feet, and it had a little yard. And I thought that was perfect, a little piece of paradise. And, and then obviously, I'm not sure how informed you are about the real estate market in BC and oh, the cost terrible. of living, yeah. but it's <laughs> not for necessarily people who want to build a bit of a life, yes. right? And no. so I saw where the real estate market was going. I had my piece of the market, and I was like, we could really probably do a little something here. And I work in real estate as well. So I knew what kind of was going on in Alberta. And so I just made the call one day and yeah. I walked into the other room and I said to my now husband, want to move to Alberta? And <laughs> um, he was like, okay. Nice. And so all of a sudden, next thing wow. you know, I was clearing it with work and we were actually expanding into Alberta. So that was a win. And we listed the condo. We wound up making some really good money on yep. the condo. And I wound up finding a beautiful property in Carstairs, Alberta, with a third of an acre yard, like just massive, yep. um, beautiful big home. And it was basically the same price that I had paid for my condo in BC. Sounds too big for a little chihuahua, all that space. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And so the first thing like people would ask me is, wow, what are you going to do with all that space? And I was like, I'm going to get all of the dogs. Yeah. And I went online That's as great. soon as I, my offer was approved on the property and I got it and I knew that that was our home. Mm -hmm. I was online instantly and I started following all the rescues in Calgary and surrounding area. And I had already decided at that point, Batman was 14, Falcor was nine. And I, you know, I, I can tell you the story a little bit after about how my husband knew I was crazy with dogs. Um, but I had fostered a puppy that drove Falcor crazy, like just chased her everywhere. And I was like, I can't bring a puppy into our home. So yeah, because yeah, the older, older dogs, dogs yeah. right? They won't oh, get on with. No. I've never <laughs> seen, like she would scrabble, yeah. like she would come out of the room and like look, and then she'd see Maggie and Maggie would lock eyes with her and the race was on, right? <laughs> and so it was awful. And so I felt really bad for us. I was like, we're going to, we're going to do a senior, right? So mm. it started with one. I got the approval for one and that was Peter. Peter. And Peter is a Great Dane Dalmatian cross that a rescue in uh -huh. Calgary called CB Rescue. And if you are ever looking into working with an amazing rescue, uh, CB Rescue, I cannot speak highly enough of them in Calgary. Um, she was found in the Dominican Republic attached to a chain 
being purposefully uh, starved to death. And she was like, if you see those skeleton, that, like Halloween in the store of dogs, like they have them at the oh, dollar yes. stores, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that is yeah. what she looked like. Oh and um, I had said to the rescue, I was like, we're not going to be in Alberta until June. Could you bring her to Calgary and keep her in foster for me and I will adopt her. Like I'll adopt her right now, sight unseen. Mm. I just, I knew that that was our, our next dog. And so fast forward, they did that. Fast forward to June, we moved to Carstairs. And the day after we got here, which was my birthday, it was June 24th, we went and officially adopted. Her name was Pepita. It's now Peter. And we brought her home. And in that process, they had actually discovered that she was in stage two kidney failure. And they called us and asked us if we still wanted to adopt her. And I said, without a shadow of a doubt, I said, I don't care. I don't care because you know what she needs is love. She needs a loving home. And, you know, I, I'm, I am Christian. I believe in God and I believe in the power of prayer. And I just said, you know, she, she needs to be loved and prayed over and taken care of and (laughs) we're going to take her. Yeah. And so the founder of the rescue, Belinda Morrison said, I want to talk to you about her condition before, you know, you really agree to all this. And she said, I don't know how much you know about nutrition, but I want to tell you about this way of feeding that I put my one dog on and she had been diagnosed with cancer and we reversed her cancer. And I was just like, come on. A bit skeptical, right? Like, oh, 100%. it sounds a bit like a miracle cure. Like, what it, is this thing? Like, what is it, right? So yeah. I was like, tell me more about it. And she gave me some information. She'd sent me a book to read. And so I read that and... Can you share what type of book? Yeah, what yes. is the book called? So it's actually by um, this group. It's called uh, Rotational Monofeeding. And okay. so the book is actually based off of emulating the diet that a wild dog would eat. Okay. Yeah. And so in the wild, a dog will go after prey. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they'll eat all the prey, right? Mm-hmm. For you name it, all yeah, of yeah. it, right? Oh, yes. And then they may not find something for days, weeks after. Yep. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. they forage. They forage on berries and, you know food out in the wild. And so if you think about it from that perspective and you translate it into where we are today, like with what we have, it's okay. So they're eating two different ways. They're eating one that's solely meat. Yes. Protein, yeah. And then if they can't find that meat or protein, they're foraging on other. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so those yeah. other days are other. So if you were to emulate that in our world, it's like, okay, so you do protein one yeah. day and then the other days are fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so Batman at this point had actually been diagnosed with dementia. So he was doing some really strange things. He was having massive panic attacks and getting confused. He wouldn't eat out of his metal bowls anymore. He was standing in corners thinking that he was like standing looking at me, but he was in a corner. And so all of these weird things kept happening. And I just said, you know what? We have time till we get to Alberta. Let's Put these guys on the diet and see what happens. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to ask right? if you were if you did it with the other dogs. Yeah. So, okay. And so we started and we started feeding them watermelon, and uh, we yeah. fed watermelon yeah. for about two weeks straight. Oh yeah, um, just watermelon, just, just watermelon. Wow. I guess because yeah, it like to helps flush, flush them out. out. It flushed flushed likes everything out. Yeah. Alkalized his blood, right? And yeah. so I'm not going to lie to you, it was hard. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Because they were probably thinking like, what the hell? Like, what well, is this? our chihuahua <laughs> starved us out for four straight days. Like, I, I've just heard that too. Eat. Yeah, where they just don't eat. But I also like, yeah, that 
they do that though. It's okay. It's they, okay they for they them fat, to starve. Like you said, yeah. they'll eat that animal and then maybe not find something. Exactly. As much as it's like they look kind so of, sad, yeah. it's just they can do it. They know? can do it. Yeah. Just and like humans can do it. You know, a hundred percent. And the thing humans is, fast too, right? A dog will eat. If it's hungry, right? Yes. If a dog yeah. is hungry, like if you, you've seen jo- dogs who've eaten drywall, I mean, dogs do some weird, yes. they eat poo. I mean, yeah. come on. Well, yeah. Right? <laughs> so if a dog is hungry, they will eat. Yes. And so the whole thing was, is put the food down. If they don't eat it, take it away. Yeah. Then they wait till their next meal and you put it down again. So they start to get it in their mind. This is my food source now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So we did two straight, way, uh, two straight weeks of watermelon for Batman and he went through like, crazy detox like you could see it was all coming out of him like he kept having like sundowning episode which is a sign of dementia one after the other like it was every day he was in a full panic state almost and going through the symptoms that had urged me to seek the diagnosis of his dementia and so I was like I don't know right like this is Is really scaring me and so I'd reached out to one of the groups that I was following that I'd, you know, been sent the book from and, you know, just asked like, hey, is this like, normal? Is this normal? Like, yeah. I'm freaking out here, man. Like, yeah. My dog am is I like, like making it worse? Yeah. yeah. Am I going to kill my dog? And I got nothing but support, right? This yeah. is it's detox symptoms. Like, think about yourself and, you know, when you are sick, right? Like mm. when you're yeah. sick and your body is going Flushing through fever yeah. and all of those symptoms of flu and all and of that. And even when you try to eat after that, it's still like oh this is not exactly and that's your body being like hey i am cleaning house right now yeah and so after about you know i would say it was a solid you know four four weeks of some of those detox symptoms but i started to incorporate more fruit into their diet so bananas Mm -hmm. um i finally got the chihuahua to eat and she would only eat she still wouldn't eat watermelon she would only eat red peppers that was it okay yeah do you mind me asking what type of diet were your dog on before that they were on and i thought much like i think a lot of people do i thought i was doing the absolute best for my dogs like i spared no expense Mm -hmm. um now that I take a look at pictures of my dogs before, I'm just like, oh, you guys were chunky monkeys. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. grain-free kibble. I was doing the okay. uh, Costco. I started as puppies on um, not a canna, but the parent brand of a canna. I can't remember which one. I can't remember. Origin. So I started oh, yeah, them on yeah, Origin. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I went over to the Kirkland Signature grain-free. Yeah. And then they were starting to get finicky with that, where they wouldn't really eat it. So then I was like, well, I'm just going to put some wet food on top of that, right? So grain-free again. I was on that grain-free kick. And then they were getting greenies and dentist sticks and dehydrated chicken strips for treats, which, I mean, I read the labels on them. I... I thought, yeah. Yeah. I really did. I, I really did. I thought I was giving my dogs the best yeah. of the best. I think a lot of people do, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, that's, it's the way that, it's just the way that it's presented to you, yes. right? Like it's, if you're not given. It's marketing. Yeah, it's it marketing. is. And if you're not given other options, you don't know, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking the veterinarian industry by any stretch. I believe that medical intervention is necessary mm-hmm. when it is necessary. But I also think that, you know, there's a lot of money that's involved in the veterinarian industry and there's certain companies that, you know, are partnered in the vet yeah. industry yes. and that's, it's all money, right? Yeah. If you follow yeah. the money, you'll learn. They also partner the schools. 
Mm-hmm. As well. Exactly, yeah. right? And if you look at the yeah. food pyramid that we were raised on, yeah. man alive. <laughs> oh. I haven't seen it in a while. We were actually talking about it. Like, I remember we were talking we like a couple weeks about... ago just about the human fit. And I was like, I don't even remember what it is. And oh. I didn't want to look it up. My but. husband and I laugh about it all the time because yeah. it's actually completely backwards. And, and then when you look at the funding yeah. to make said pyramid. Well, and they say a lot of like pet food, it is behind. Obviously, yeah. like the research isn't as, uh, you know, intense as, as human food. So a lot of the stuff that was popular 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's just taking them a very long time to, you know, yeah, realize. It's not, it's not a priority, yeah, it's not a priority. in their eyes, right? Yeah. Even though it's still a human life, like They'd, we should be feeding it exactly the same things that we are eating, right? It should be human grade exactly. stuff. Um, and so... I sort of, you know, looked at, looked at that and I, you know, it started incorporating, like I said, I started feeding the Chihuahua Falcor, um, red peppers. Right. And then I started incorporating, um, yams and uh, mashed peas and and things like that. And they were like gobbling it up. Like it was. (laughs) And I bet you, if you gave them their old food right beside it, they would never, they they would would never pick the the old food. food. And that's what something that I read. It's like, if you give them the choice, they will pick that fresh food or that vegetables. They knew. Yeah. They're clever. They're intelligent. Right. And to see the change, (laughs) it's like all of a sudden, like their energy level just like completely rebounded. The Chihuahua had this massive fat pocket in her side, completely gone. Yeah. You know, Batman has not had, hadn't had a dementia episode for like over a month. Right. And so I was just like, all right, we're on to something here. Right. We are on to something. And we'd started to incorporate meat at the time with bone and, uh, and they were doing fantastic. So I was a semi believer at this point. Okay. Okay? Um, and I was like, okay, this is, this is worth it. We are going to continue this when we bring Peter home. Right. And that was one of the things that the rescue had said, like, I really want you to consider feeding this way well like you said you yeah. you're adamant that like i still want this dog i want to i want to give her the best life so she's just like okay let's try this if you yeah. if you truly want to you yeah. know help her and that, that's good that i'm you're just open glad that you were so open-minded yes, like people, people are, are not like that i all. think i think if i didn't have already a sick dog like when yeah. i say batman wh- wh- like i was planning i was planning his last times like mm-hmm. I had already contacted I'd been to a neurologist like I'd spent a bunch of money getting the diagnosis right and they had prescribed this kibble that had the only differing ingredient was MCT oil so right at that point I was like you want me to pay ha, what <laughs> yeah. like for this kibble just, just so MCT you can add some oil yeah. to his existing so I already knew something was kind of off in my mind and so I don't think if I'd had the opportunity to necessarily, I don't want to say experiment because I didn't experiment on my dogs, but try it yeah. Yeah. with my two existing dogs and seeing the difference almost immediately, I would say, I I wouldn't have been necessarily so inclined to be like, well, let's give it a go yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. with a dog who is actually terminally ill. Yes. And so we got here, we adopted Peter um, as a hospice, um, thinking that we read every diagnosis, like, you know, outcome, right? Maximum for stage two was two years. Um, Average, one. What are the stages in kidney cancer? Is it kidney cancer or kidney kidney failure? failure. Failure. Um, So I guess it just has to... And so this is what's puzzling to me, because as we progress in this story... I'm even almost more confused now (laughs) than I was before over this diagnosis because 
I have these, what I would have, like, these people have gone to school. They've got, you know, the certificate on the wall. They went to however many years to become a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's no short feat. I know that. Telling me that there is no way that your dog is going to survive this. Like, there's no way. And and so, you know, we had sort of set it up. Like, we were going to give her a bucket list year. But, you know, and the diet was just going to intend to give her a little bit more time like yeah maybe or maybe the last year just like a healthy year instead of a, a healthy year, year instead yeah. of a really crappy one yeah. right i mean you might as well right yeah. like, and so one of the major problems with kidney failure is protein right they're yeah. all you cannot feed a lot of protein because the kidneys can't process the protein right so you have to like really pull yeah. the protein out of the diet and you should really only be giving I was told 20% of their diet should be protein and if you get this kibble it has that and i was just yeah. like no, we're not, we're not doing that. I'm, I'm going to try it this way. Right. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, we started giving them meat and after they would have meat, it was like, there was things coming out of my dogs <laughs> that like, I can't describe to yeah. you, but it was like years of garbage was yeah. coming outside of them on a regular basis and on particularly after meat days, it would be far more explosive (laughs) and it would be far more rancid and disgusting to the point where it's like, I don't know if I can do this meat situation right now. Yeah. And so then I started looking at how can I give my dogs protein without it being meat? Okay. And so this is where I strayed from the book that I had read, from all of the kind of guidelines and advice from the particular groups that I was following because I wanted to eliminate meat because I couldn't handle the upset. Yeah. Yeah. And by this time, we had brought in another dog um, from the same rescue named Meester, who uh, was Peter's shelter buddy. Um, And he was a dog that they'd found on the side of a highway in the Dominican Republic again with severe damage to his back end. So he had a hole in his back. He was being eaten alive by maggots. He had been hit by something, a vehicle likely shattered his back leg. They'd had to amputate that. His whole body's curved. Like he's just, you know, there was no way that that dog was going to be adopted by anybody else Mm -hmm. in that shelter. Yeah. And around that time, the Canadian, food inspection agency had actually issued a ban on 113 countries uh, from bringing dogs in um, through rescue commercially for adoption so he was going to die there yeah and so my bleeding heart my big house and yard (laughs) i looked at my now husband and i was like we're gonna bring this dog home he's gonna die like we gotta do this yeah And that's when we really started to notice the vileness of meat because these two dogs that we brought, who knows what they'd been eating, who knows what had happened to them. There was just a lot of grossness inside. And so we decided to eliminate meat and I started to look into what other forms of protein I could be giving my dogs. And so I started on what would be meat days, giving cooked lentils, uh, adding nutritional yeast to it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and after that they would fast for a full 24 hours. Yep. 
Okay. And so the fasting obviously allows the body not only to digest, but then to do some additional healing because the dog's body focuses so much on digestion that anything else that it's trying to accomplish will be overburdened. Well, the and fasting helps get rid of all like the bad cells and everything yes. else. Cause it's, yeah, like you said, it's not focusing on, it's not focusing yeah, on digesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so focusing on healing, right? Exactly. And so by switching their protein source over to vegan, I saw amazing things happen. I saw their bowel movements become healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so their bodies really had a chance to heal. Yeah. And through that process, we uh, brought on <laughs> two more dogs, um, Burt Reynolds and Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> so and help us count here. How many dogs were we there? We now have six. Six. Yeah, six. Okay. And right. so my husband's put his foot down. That's it. Yeah. No what are the ages of the three new dogs you brought in? Then? So the ages of the three new ones are, uh, so, so Peter, Mr. when we yeah. rescued her, they estimated her between eight to 10 years old. Okay. Um, Meester, they estimated him to be about seven to eight. Burt Reynolds, um, he actually came with papers. So we know for a fact that he's yep. now 11. Um, and Lucy, our latest, she's actually a hospice foster, came to us because she was a full on medical. Um, and the rescue is like, you're the only person I know who is so adamant and strong with your diet. Like this is yeah. like, we need you to take this dog. I think she's 2000 years old personally, <laughs> like this dog, like she looks like if you look up an ancient dog, um, from 2000 years ago, yeah. it's called a Yuri Google, a Yuri dog. A Yuri? And this is what our dog Lucy looks like. Oh, wow. Okay. So my husband and I joke that she like has been living in our attic the whole time waiting for a family <laughs> to move in. Like she does, like when she wakes up, she just looks like she's 2000 years old. I yeah. can't. And so she was actually dropped off in Vegas at a shelter because I think her person died and they wanted to euthanize her, just get rid of her, mm-hmm. the family. And they were abusing her and she was massive. Like we call her Lucinda Block because she's the sh- she was the shape <laughs> yeah. of a cinder block. <sighs> and so we had all of them on a vegan diet. Yeah. And Lucy dropped all this weight. She started running. Because um, they're not like that old. There's like some of them, depending on the breeds, they're like, mm-hmm. that's middle- Middle age. So life. she yeah. is yeah. technically she's middle age. Yeah. Like now she's we're guessing around twelve years old. Yeah. And she runs, she tries to jump. Like she's still got some old rickety parts about yeah. her, but phenomenal dog. Like she's doing yeah. so well. She passed her kidney stones. Um, she had actual butt cheeks when she she was so <laughs> fat that had no hair on them. So when she walked away, it looked like a human. Yeah, it was crazy. Like we laugh and she couldn't go up and down stairs, and now she runs up the stairs. That's crazy. So vegan diet straight for an entire year. We had all six dogs basically on lentils. Um, Then we would do quinoa with either pumpkin and not canned pumpkin. Like everything that we gave the dogs was fresh. Obviously the lentils weren't. And the quinoa wasn't. But everything else was fresh and cooked you know, and, yeah. and prepared for them. And I would make massive containers of these, this quinoa, mashed peas and carrots and pumpkin well, it, and yeah. freeze it for them. And, uh, and then the rest of the time they would eat fruit, yep. right? So two days a week, it was their protein meal. And the other days of the week, it was all fruit and veg and they loved it. And 
I never in my wildest dreams thought I would see six dogs go crazy for a piece of banana. I do. <laughs> so how often do you feed them then? Like, is it every, like, twice a day? Yeah, like, I do twice. Still? I do twice a day and snacks yeah. because my main focus is keeping their calorie count up, yeah. right? I don't want to starve my dogs. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so they'll get, like, a bunch of bananas for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Banana, yeah. Maple loves bananas. Oh, they're Maple so, loves so hard all for the fruit. us to eat bananas now because she's like, oh, I smell it. Right? When are yeah. you going to give me a piece? And we have to, like, pretend, like... There's Apple, nothing left. Blueberries. So then it, she doesn't see it came like literally Can from she our hand. respond? So Peter now, like I like she'll be in the office on the third floor and all I'll do is break the top of the banana oh, yeah, yeah, and oh, she yeah. is down in the yeah. kitchen. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, man. We have uh, for fruit sometimes, uh, you know, we'll get fruit and then freeze it and they're in like Ziploc bags. And if as soon as that Ziploc bag oh, opens, yeah. she's there right? yeah yeah it's so, like how you know. my dogs used to be with a cheese wrapper like a craft single cheese oh, yeah. wrapper right but they're doing it for fruit yeah and so like apples uh dried yep. dates um oh, i make banana dates. chips dried apricots uh avocado i mean like oh there's my gosh. so i remember when my mom like she was shocked when i when we gave maple a bit of pineapple Oh, yeah. And she was like, you're feeding your dog pineapple? Yeah. I'm like, it's like, yeah. It's not for us. We literally get it for her. Yeah. yeah. The amount of, she eats better than us, 100%. Yeah. Oh. The amount of like fruit and vegetables that yeah. we buy specifically, it's like, oh, we're out of beans. Well, let's get them. And it's like, we don't eat them. Yeah. They just get thrown in the freezer. Yeah. And then, for so for, for the her. Dog. Yeah. It's all it's so my funny. best friend came to visit last Christmas and opened the fridge and I had a container of their food that I made, the quinoa yeah. and carrots. She's like, oh, this looks really good. Is this what we're having no, for that's dinner? That's the no, that's for the like, dog. That's for the dog? We're ordering pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, it's, what? That's so true. That is yeah. totally us. Oh, that's right? so funny. Just what but happens. Because yes, you want what's best for your yeah, dog, but like you don't really well, care about yourself. Well, that's what people say. It's like a dog can't choose. Like, fine, we eat pizza or we eat, someone might go get fast food or whatever, but we're making that choice and it's not every single day. If you feed your dog bad food, they can't tell you, hey, I don't want this kind of thing. And no, that's, all that's they the can do thing. is start showing you symptoms. And so one yeah. of the things Batman was doing is in the middle of the night, he would have accidents in the house. And this is before any of the switches that happened. And I could not figure out for the life of me, why is he having this kind of accident, yeah. right? Like, you know better than that. You can tell that it was an upset, like a, clearly a stomach upset. Yeah. And I was like, what yeah. is going on? Like, I haven't changed your food. I haven't done any of that. So what is it? And after doing this diet and switching them over, I realized that what was actually happening to them was a buildup of toxins. Everything that I was giving them was processed. Yep. Yeah. The kibble was processed. Yep. Their treats were processed. So the nutritional content that started in that food before it went through the making process of the food it was all gone. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it's like the equivalent of feeding your dog McDonald's every, every day. Every day. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I'll show you. There's a book that I'm reading right now. And I, <clears throat> literally, that's the exact example. Like... Feeding your dog the processed food uh, <laughs> is like you eating McDonald's every single yeah. day. And people, and they, they like, I was like, that totally makes sense. Like, I get it. And you then know. when you look at, like, if you dig a little bit deeper, which I did eventually, right? Because after I'd seen, like, such a drastic difference in all of my dogs, I was like, I got to look into this a little yeah. bit more because I'm on to something yeah, here. Yeah, something's clearly. working, so... And, um, and then I looked at who the parent companies of yes. a lot of the kibble companies are. And, you know, one that comes to mind is Mars. Mars. Yeah, Mars the biggest one. is a company that manufactures 
chocolate bars. Yeah. But also my dog's nutritional. Yeah, nutritional mm-hmm. kibble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also, I'm not going to say the, the name, but they also own a massive vet chain in Canada. I know so, exactly yeah. which one you were yeah. talking we, about. When we found that out, that was, that. I mean, we, we, we went there for an emergency when we yes. first got her. Unfortunately, like, we didn't know any better. Well, our vet didn't have, she was, we had like a parvo scare when she was like nine weeks old. And our vet's like, we don't have any tests. Like, just go wherever you can. And we went there and it was, she was fine. But like all the things they were saying to give her and all mm-hmm. of that. And I was just, I was, I was just angry, but you were like really emotional. You're well, like, yeah, oh, I, I was you know, like super scared as my first dog. I don't know what's going on. And then so anyway, I looked it up because yeah. I was like, I was just curious. I didn't really know much about the dog. Well, we literally she, had her for a she week. She gave us like a $2,000 bill, basically, well, like a quote, a quote of what of we needed. Right? And so I looked it up and yeah, they were owned by Mars too. And I was like, and then I looked at everything else Mars owns and I was like, yeah. And then that's just one little quick research kind of made me aware of like, okay, there's more to this. Than, right. Yeah. So they always say, you know, follow the money. Right. Yes. And so, and for my own health and life, <laughs> yeah. I've been following the money. Yeah. Um, and so I started following the money with the dog industry and the yeah. vet industry. And I was blown yeah. away yeah. at all of these things that I was just like, okay, now I need to really start becoming an advocate for my dog because anytime something would seem off with my dog, I was at that vet's door. I was mm. at the vet's door, right? Vaccines every year. Anytime they had diarrhea, oh, they need a medication to get rid of the diarrhea, yeah. right? Instead of understanding maybe they're having diarrhea because their body is like, I got to get this out. Yeah. So what should I do for diarrhea? Probably just shouldn't feed them and make sure they have a ton of water by yeah. them yeah. so that they're hydrated, let their body clean it out and then you know start feeding them again. And so learning all of those kinds of things and starting to really advocate for my dogs when I would have to take them to the vet and starting to say no to certain things like, you know what? No, I'm going to go home and I'm going to kind of see how this goes. I I know you're a professional, but like. Still, my decision at the end of the day. Right. Let's see. Yeah. I, we've done, I've done that. Like you, you are more like this. I'm more I. like yeah. stubborn. Where I, I just tell them like, no, <laughs> just like I don't. I don't want to do that. It's okay. We'll see. If if it gets worse, I'll we'll come back. But, exactly yeah. right. And so, um, I I was always you know of that frame of mind in a sense of like knowing that well vets want my money and so I was always hesitant about putting my dogs on tons of medication, but I'd always take their advice and then I started to learn like. You know what? You don't hear often about dogs dying of cancer in the wild, right? You, mm-hmm. I've never heard of it probably because, I mean, what are you going to do? You see a dead dog in the wild, are you going to yeah. go test it? Yeah. But you don't, you don't often hear a lot of that kind of stuff. And so I was just like, well, you need someone to tell you that your dog is sick. Well, if I don't go to that someone to tell me my dog is sick, my dog's not sick, right? My dog's just doing working through something that's so processing well, it's something. the same as humans like yeah. if you get like diagnosed with something now all of a sudden you overthink and you panic yes. and all of that but if you didn't think anything i'm not saying don't think something's wrong because something major could be wrong but yeah but don't jump that. the gun yeah. so quickly like allow your body to to do what it does best yeah. and give you the indications right it's like you know what we just went through you know the last few years it's like so many people were running to the doctor yeah. because they were feeling sick and what did that do it made a lot of other people get sick as well, right? Instead of doing yeah. what we always used to do, or at least I was raised doing, when you're sick, you're sick, you stay home, exactly. you don't get anybody else sick, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think that that kind of had a lot to do, you know, with sort of where my mentality went and being like, you know what, before I start jumping the gun on things, I'm going to let my dog's bodies start to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed when I stopped running to seek medical advice every time something was a little bit wrong, my dogs would work it out. 
yep. on their own, completely work it out on their own, whether it was an ear that was bugging them or, I mean, we've seen all sorts of stuff, right? Like Peter's paw got red and swollen one time and I was like, <laughs> right? Freaking out my, all of my heart. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. me feel bad the little bit of times that we still freak out, but you've, I are more experienced than us. Like I said, we've had her for like a year. This is so. a good conversation yes. for me to have I because like I literally, I literally freak out every yeah. single time something happens. She yeah. had an allergic reaction. I'm like, oh my God, she's dying. Yeah. <laughs> like right? we have to go right because now. Because they're so helpless too. Yeah. And I think that that has a lot yeah. to do with it. Like she can't turn around and say to you, hey man, like yeah. my paw is on fire yeah, right exactly. now. Yeah. Like I need, like help me, right? And so we freak out and we run to get the diagnosis. And then what do we do? We treat the symptoms. Yeah. When symptoms that dogs are displaying just like humans are displaying symptoms are your body's way of actually getting rid of what it is that it's fighting right so yeah. when you have a fever when you're sick it's your yeah. body's raised the temperature to get rid of yeah. i guess problem. that's so true you're not like oh i'm sweating profusely and all that like it's like well yeah because you have the fever your body's just your body's just doing fighting what, yeah. yeah that's what it is but it's exactly. funny because we are so stubborn ourselves yes. going to doctors <laughs> like he doesn't even have a doctor exactly. yeah like I do because I, I had to have my like tests and stuff yeah. done, but like we don't really. But people go. don't see that with their dogs. So, <laughs> yeah, so I they know don't you mean. because you feel helpless, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and so I just started treating my dogs a little bit more like I was like treating myself. Yeah. yeah. And so we had them on this vegan diet. They were doing absolutely amazing. And then my husband and I sort of discussed it because they, they will lose weight on it. Like their body's cleaning out. Right. Mm. So yeah. they lost weight. And and I was like, OK, you know, like now I feel like now might be the time let's start incorporating meat again because i think like the majority of the cleaning has been done so yeah. let's bring meat back and and so we brought meat back into their diet and man like you could hear the praises those dogs are singing they're just like <laughs> hallelujah it was go time right so the vegan diet wasn't for like a long-term thing it was about a year peter was on the vegan diet for a full yeah. year yeah um and um and then lucy our last one that we uh, brought in about a couple of months okay, right yeah. mm -hmm. and so at this point I had no idea where any of them really stood health wise because I also kind of believe that yeah like when you go to the vet for a diagnosis like they measure health the way that they know how which is by way of blood and urine and all of those mm. things and what you checks, get back yeah. are actual technical results that they compare to basically well these are typical of this diagnosis yes. right these results mean this diagnosis doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the diagnosis is. I don't know. It's like going on the internet. Yeah. And, and, and Googling, like, right? Like, and it, everything's cancer. I, remember <laughs> I always saw that. It's oh, like, yeah. if you Google I've, any symptom, somewhere yeah. it says you have cancer. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. If you have a headache midday, headache, 100% yeah. it's cancer. Yeah. If you have a brain tumor, brain tumor you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of you just slept funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we had never really pursued the idea of, you know, finding out whether or not Peter had still had kidney failure if it had progressed yeah. because we just sort of thought you know the lord will tell us when it's her time you know she will give us signs but by all accounts she was doing phenomenal and phenomenally 
and had surpassed the initial prognosis of only living a year, right? Okay. So we made it to her first birthday and we were just blown away. And I was just wow. like, and then I said to my husband, I was like, I told you all she needed was love. It was just love. <laughs> I cured the dog. But love, love is more than just like hugging and, and all of that. It's love in everything. It's right? how you feed yeah. them, how do you treat them, how you, yeah, so. But in my selfish mind, yes, it was solely my hugs and kisses right. that did of it. 100% <laughs> and the comfy bed that she yeah. got yeah. and you know what yeah. I mean? And so we, we started putting the meat in and then we noticed that she had a lump start to form on her side and, uh, and it would grow and it would shrink and it would grow and it would shrink. And I started to get worried and then we turned to Google. Yeah, <laughs> as you do. And it's the first thing you do. Yeah. 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 Right. Cause well, well, everyone does you? it. Yeah. Right. Because exactly. Google is the be all and end yeah. all. <laughs> it certainly doesn't steer anyone astray. Um, and so we turned to Google yeah. and it's, was described as mast cell tumor. And so we freaked out, right? And I was just like, we have not come this far yeah. for her but to can be you, taken by can cancer. You exp- oh, is it cancer basically, yeah. right? So mast cell tumor is a form of cancer yeah. and um, they say that there are four stages of it, stage one, two, three, and four. And um, it can go throughout the entire body, right? And so after yeah. he had read that, I was just like, okay, well, we're going to, I'm going to take her. I'm going to well, take yeah, her. Probably, I'm doing if anything, it. you need the x-rays and stuff too. You so know, I, like, I wanted to, I wanted to, right? And so I went against my own, because when you read the C word, you freak out. Yes. yes. You freak out. And I didn't even bother looking into what cancer actually is, okay? Um, or any of that. I was just like, now I need the intervention of yeah. a professional, mm. right? So we took her in and our vet is great. I love our vet, Didsbury Vet. If you're out my way and you're looking for an amazing veterinarian clinic, Didsbury Vets, they're fantastic. I love them. They're an amazing group of humans. They are so compassionate. They are just, you know, they, they're also advocates for your animal's health yep. and well-being. And so we brought her in and they did an aspiration. So they took um, fluid from the lump and looked at it under a microscope and it came back positive for a mast cell tumor. And they had said to me, we should probably, you need to remove it. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yeah. You know, cause the vet said, if we remove it and it hasn't spread, then it's curative. That's yeah. it. It's gone. It's, Same as in humans for tumors. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you can get rid of it before. And so I was just it like, spreads, well, okay, yeah. right. I want the best for Peter and I'm not going to let cancer take her. Like we've come this far. I think we've been able to extend her life by a little bit i want more time with her because i'm selfish and you know (laughs) it's good to be selfish sometimes and the vet had said you know due to her kidney failure we will actually perform the procedure while she's awake (gasps) and we will just uh give her a local anesthetic and freeze the area and we will just because it was right on a flap of skin like it wasn't like you know, okay, inside yeah. or anything. Yeah, so it was like just if you hanging. look between, like you know, their hind leg, how they've got the skin that hangs yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. And you could, yeah, that's where it was. Oh, it was okay. There. oh, okay. So I was like, okay, right? Like, that's okay. That seems totally doable. Keep my dog away. Cut her open. Oh, that's yeah. all good, right? And so I scheduled the surgery for December twenty first, and so we had about a month and a bit to wait because I knew that it was probably not going to be the best time recovering from that, and I also wanted some time to mentally prepare and and pray and, you know, 
get her ready for surgery, right? Because I knew I was just like, okay, this is going to be really taxing on her. I want her to be good and strong. So we increased all of their meat days by a day. So now they were getting three meat days because I wanted her to go in with every ounce of strength she had. And as we got closer to the surgery, uh, the vet had called and said, you know what? I'm looking at what needs to be done. And I really don't want to make any errors in medication with her kidneys. And she's like, so I'd like to bring her in to do preoperative blood work so we can run a full panel and just really have a clear picture of what we're dealing with because she can really only have certain medication. And so I was terrified because I was just like, if they do this blood panel and it comes back that her kidney failure has progressed to stage three, we can't do it. Because there's no medication that she could have. And then I would have been given exactly what I didn't want, which was time, like a time limit, right? Yeah. And so I was really like, I was sick to my stomach about it and brought her in anyways. And they did the blood panel on her. And I'm telling you, it was like (laughs) pins and needles, 24 hours, like pins and needles. I I mean, I'm getting all like anxious trying to hear the rest of this story. So I can't even imagine what you went through. I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm yeah. like, I'm either going to find out that we can do the surgery or we can't do the surgery. And then we are It's like a life and death situation. Yeah. Like it quite really, literally. It really felt like it. Like, and yeah. I like, you know how we kind of get ahead of ourselves and planning. I don't know if you guys do this with your dog, but I do it with all my dogs. Like they're, they're alive and well, they're here, but you think about like, I don't know how I'm ever going to say goodbye to you. All the, all the time. Yeah. Actually, right? you're crying. I cry for, sometimes yeah, on, you scroll on Instagram dog. and you oh. have these like, you know, things. We both had dogs when we were, we were little kids too. So yeah, like we've, yeah. yeah. And I've never experienced it oh, before. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I've never said goodbye to a dog. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ever. Um, and so I was just beside myself, right. Uh, praying and crying and praying some more like constantly. And I went to try and distract myself the next day, knowing I was going to get a call from the vet. Right. And I was like, I got to go out and keep myself busy here. So I went out and got my nails done <laughs> And I'm sitting there in the chair and the phone rings and it's the vet. And my heart is like pounding out of my chest. And I pick up the phone and the vet's like, oh, hey, Lana. And I was like, hey. Hopefully that enthusiasm. Yeah. And I was just like, so how's it going? She's like, well, you know, we got the uh, results back. And I was like, and? And And she's like, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you. She's like, Peter does not have kidney failure anymore. Like, at all? You've reversed her kidney failure. She is in perfect shape to go into surgery. And she can actually go under for her surgery. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have to be awake. That's so crazy. I was like... Even I'm tearing up. What? And I was bawling my eyes on the nail salon. Now, like, the lady's coming over with tissues. I was going to say, it was was either a good thing you were in a public place or a bad thing you were in a public place. Yeah. So I'm, like, crying, and she's like, oh, are you okay? And I was just like, I don't even know what to say. I was like, my dog's not dying. And she's like, your dog's dying? I was like, no. But as see, as some people that don't have dogs don't understand the the joy and excitement of of that as well. It's like, oh. Okay. Oh, cool. it's, it's like, like, no, it's not just, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's major. Yeah. This is like, and like, I believe that yeah. God performs miracles yeah. all the time. I do. But this was like, holy moly, camoli. 
I can't even believe, I can't even believe this. And yeah. my poor husband is sitting at work on pins and needles as well. Yeah. And I'm just trying to like get myself together because I got to call him yeah. next, right? And so I called him and he picked up the phone and I was like, hi, I just got off the phone with the vet, but I'd been crying. So like my voice had oh, that crying. Yeah. Yeah, like you're upset, but, yeah. but like happy. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Poor guy. Know, <laughs> what right? did you put him through? <laughs> And so he was through the roof. Like yeah. he couldn't believe it. Like this was like a full on like miracle situation. Yeah. And so we had the biggest party. Like I went out and I bought like dog bones for everybody. Like yeah. I was just like, we are ripping it up tonight. Yeah. It is go time. <laughs> Everyone's putting on their party hat. Yeah. Right? And we had a huge, huge celebration uh, when we got home. And Peter went in for her surgery on December 21st. And so we still had one more hurdle. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Is mm. what stage was this tumor? Yes. At, yeah. Right? So she went in for her surgery. And I, I got to tell you guys, um, I'd forgotten because I hadn't had a dog that had gone through surgery in some time. Like it was the spay and neuters for Batman and Falcor. And then Batman had some dental work done. <laughs> and that was it. I had forgotten that coming out of anesthesia uh, is horrifying for yeah. your dog. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Maple had that, unfortunately, and she was just so. She's just, just so doped like up. She's like, she you was were crying. all like really upset yeah. and be like, what's wrong with her? She didn't want to eat. She, she just looked, She didn't want to walk. Yeah. It was terrible. Peter wouldn't wake up at first, and oh. the vet was like, she's really loving her drugs and laughing. And I was like, oh, that's funny yeah, right now. Uh, and I was like, but let's hope that these drugs wear off real yeah. quick, <laughs> right? Because I was yeah. just like really nervous. She's a senior dog, right? That's a big deal. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But Peter woke up. And the whole veterinarian clinic knew Peter woke up because <laughs> she woke up howling. And like, I'd never heard cries, like the cries that my dog was letting off after she woke up. And I finally realized, well, yeah, like she woke up with a bunch of strangers yeah. looking over top of her. And she's probably like, where's my mom? Yeah. Like, who are you thinking that she'd gone back in time? And like, this was all just oh, a yeah, dream, that's so right? True. Yeah, you're right. And so they brought her out to me and I'm telling you, this dog had alligator tears on her face. Like her eyes were full of tears and she just came right up to me and it was just like this relief. And so I was just like, I said to the vet, I was like, listen, like, you know, Christmas is a couple days away and I know that, you know, we're waiting on these biopsy results. And I was just like, please don't call me before Christmas. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just please, you yeah. know, and, uh, my husband's probably going to hear this and be like, I thought you said you told them to call you, but I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to get bad news over yeah, the Christmas yeah. days. Yeah. Um, because if it was our going to be our last one with her, I, you know, I didn't want that to be looming over the whole experience. Yeah. Right. So we just went into it as she's kidney failure free and we're living it up. Yeah. And after new year's, the phone rang, he had again, and it was the vet's. And uh, the results had come back from the biopsy. It was only stage two. So she is curative. She does not have cancer. Her whole body is clean. She has a completely clean bill of health. 
and she wow. is a brand new dog. She's like a puppy. It's like yeah. she knows that she doesn't have cancer and doesn't have kidney yeah. failure now. She runs and like she's like a bucking bronco in the kitchen when it and this is like a Great Dane Dalmatian cross. So she's yeah. not tiny, um, and she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. She's just healthy. She looks fantastic. She's got a sparkle in her eyes. I mean, her teeth still look like she ate rocks for her yeah. whole life because she did. Yeah. But everything outside of that is absolutely amazing. And I just, you know, look at it and think to myself, I don't want to say that this diet cured her necessarily. Yes. Okay. Because I did go back to the vet and the vet had said, and this is the other thing. At first, the vet did not condone what I was doing mm -hmm. diet wise. The vet was like, you shouldn't be doing that. You should never fast a dog in kidney failure. That's going to kill her. And, and I just sat there and okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But my dog, my choices, mm -hmm. my home, my yeah. rules. And I know what fasting can do for the body. So we kept doing it. And after she had read the diet or the results from the biopsy coming back, she said, you know what? You keep doing what you're doing. She's like, cause whatever it is that you're doing, it works. She's yeah. like in my entire career, I have never, ever seen someone reverse kidney failure. And then I said, do you think that there is a chance that the diagnosis was made in error and I said, because Peter did come to us, like, like death had rolled over her, yeah. right? Like she was on death's door. And I said, and I'm sure all of her levels were off, like yeah. not just her kidneys. And she said, could it happen? Yeah. Is it likely that that's what happened? No. She's like, because the readings are very, very descriptive. Like there's when, when the blood reads this, it yeah. is 100%. Like we said this. earlier. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so she said, honestly, I don't know what to say. She's like, yeah. but you just keep doing what it is that you're doing. You have my support. And we left the vets and we have not been back since. Granted, it's only been a couple months, but there's been no reason with any of our dogs, despite the fact that, you know, my brother-in-law calls them old and broken. They're all firing on all cylinders yeah. for their age, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, yeah, it was a long road. Um, but being an advocate for your dog's health and life and going with what you feel honestly is the best for your dog is what you should be doing. And it's hard with the pressure around, you know, yeah. and that's why I followed two different group diets, right? So one was the rotational mono feeding, which basically exactly emulates what a dog would do in yep. the wild. Yeah. And the other one is uh, called like a natural diet. And that basically is more based off of raw, right? Yep. So raw fruits and vegetables, right? So yeah, yeah. nothing cooked. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other diet allowed for cooked lentils yep. and yams and things like that. So I basically kind of combined the ideas behind both and mm -hmm. put it together for what worked for my dogs. Yeah. Does it work yeah. for everybody's dogs? I don't know. I'm not everybody else's dogs. Exactly. You know, I don't own them. Yeah. I own my dogs. And what I've seen with my six dogs is it works really well. And there's always going to be fine tuning. I'm mm -hmm. always moving things around. And you know what I mean? Like last week, I didn't give them meat at all. I gave them straight fruit and veg for a week because I was like, you know what? Give your bodies a break. It's not going to kill you. It's probably going to do really good things yeah. for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so anytime I see something weird creeping up on one of them, you know, whether it's an itchy ear or, you know, our one dog Lucy is having some parts where patches of her fur are kind of falling out, but you can see there's new growth coming underneath. So it's her body being like out with the old, 
you know, in with the new, right? So I just make adjustments, you know, based off of that. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is like, we as dog owners should really take a look at it and what we're feeding our dogs and, you know, all of the things that we do for ourselves and self-advocate for supplements, vitamins, eating more salads, right? Like put that mindset into what you do with your dog and you'll likely see a huge change in them. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, don't feed your dog commercial food or anything like that. Right. But don't be afraid to question yeah. what what you're giving your dog and where it comes from and what the motive behind the people who are making what you're feeding your dog. What yeah. is their motive? Like really, because when you look at, you know, the pharmaceutical industry or, you know, the veterinarian industry, bad business is curative, right? If you cure an illness, well, they're not going to come back and get more advice from you or medication from you, right? It's yeah. true. And I mean, I think we've all learned that over the so big last few stuff. years, exactly. to be honest. It's right? like they don't want you, your dog or whatever to be, not that they want them to be dying because they also don't make money there, but no. they want them to, you know, be that middle ground where you're that's still relying right. on them. And yeah. you're able to treat symptoms. And that's what I also discovered, right? Is when I finally learned that symptoms that I display and a dog displays are actually ways that your body is like, I'm healing right now and not, I need this to be fixed, right? Because when you take medication for anything really, right, you're actually suppressing the symptoms. So your, your body's not able to expel those symptoms and get rid of the stuff. So you're it's actually- It's almost like it prolongs- Prolongs it, right? Disease. And if you're yeah. prolonging something, then you need more medication. Well, and then yeah. your body gets more used to it as yeah. well. Like you're cool that you'd have to give them the one tablet a day. Now yes. it's two tablets a day That's because right. they're it's same as humans, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, they're not completely healed yet, so let's buy more and yes. see if that works. So, but it's, uh, I mean, this doesn't have to do, well, maybe died. So, I don't know if you heard about this story, actually, he just recently passed away, but the old, the oldest dog that ever yes, lived. Yes, in Bobby. Argentina, yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so people, and I remember the, I read the article, and people were like, oh, well, how did you raise your dog? What did you feed him? It's like, we literally fed him, like, our food, yeah. human food, and he just roamed around, like, they, they had, like, a big, you know, yeah. and he just roamed around, and he was just being free, like, it's not like he was cooped up in an apartment, yeah. and, and it was just, like, we didn't he just we fed him like he was a a human child yeah and it was just so interesting it's like yeah and and like the more i've been reading up on on the subject the more is like yeah if the food we eat is good enough for us to a you know certain degree it's good enough to you know i'm not gonna give my dog mcdonald's i'm not i'm sorry i'm not one of those people <laughs> no I mean, maybe I, you know uh, what maybe on their last day like yeah. if it's time to say goodbye i will something like that like those things <laughs> that we eat that we probably shouldn't be eating no. either though so but we like, have the choice but we have yeah, the choice right? and it's not every single meal no. like they said it's like feeding that heavily processed food is you're feeding them like imagine you ate crap junk food every day for a month let alone 10 years that's the thing we can like educate ourselves we can you know we have so much resources out there internet and Mm -hmm. vets and all that dogs can't do that so we have to be the ones to advocate that's right for those needs yeah we have to get smarter about it when you look at it it's like and i saw this over the past few years right when you look at it and you look at there was a picture that was posted somebody had posted it on my instagram or something and it was a picture of on the top it was a picture of fruit and vegetables and on the bottom it was a picture of a prescription bottle and on the top it said this is health care and on the bottom with the prescription bottle it said this is sick care yeah right wow and so it's just like that was an aha moment for me because more often than not 
as humans, and I'm guilty of this, okay? I, I'm, I, I previously was an alcoholic. I've been sober for going on three years now. And I was putting toxins in my body on a regular basis and then suffering from all sorts of things, right? Mood disorders and anxiety and, you know, all of those things, right? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> for overcoming your... And problems, putting, right? Yeah. And putting, you know, something in my body that was causing all of these other things, you know, to happen. And my doctor would prescribe medication to me. But the number one thing my doctor would say is you need to stop drinking. Stop yeah. drinking. Oh, yeah. You can. It's just it's like anything. That easy. Just <laughs> get right? rid of the thing that's causing the problem. Right. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it yeah. because I was addicted. Like yeah. I was fully addicted to alcohol. And then I was taking all of these other medications to help me deal with the side effects of being an alcoholic. But it still didn't fix the problem. It didn't fix the problem yeah. because the root of the problem was what? I was the, yeah, the alcohol, alcohol. right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like you put that same concept into, you know, your dog, not the dogs are going out boozing it up or anything, yeah. but if you put that concept into your dogs, and here's the other thing that I find interesting too that I learned is like, you know how you kind of were taught to believe that you shouldn't change your dog's food? Like your dog should eat the same no. thing yeah. day in yeah, and day out. Yeah, they say that because right? apparently it messes up with their digestive system, which is not right because actually dogs should have a different diet and actually be able to digest all of those That's different right. foods. And dogs' um, bodies actually aren't really designed to digest a combination of protein and fruits and vegetables. Right. They've yeah. got two different yeah. types of digestive yes, enzymes yeah, in true. their body. One that is focused solely on the breakdown of the protein and mm -hmm. then others that are focused on the breakdown. So combining them is more taxing on your dog's um, body. Right. And so splitting that out. And so I'm looking at it and I just like, all right. So as a process of elimination and actually feeding your dog's variety Yeah. He's a good thing. It is. Right? It's, it's just like bad. understanding and it's not, you don't have to be like a medical expert or go to be a, like a vet, but like just learn how dogs' bodies are. There's, there's yeah. dozens, like hundreds of books probably and videos and all of the stuff that you can watch about how, and it's also like how similar dogs are of humans too, like yeah. in a sense, just of But know, like imagine if you ate fries every single day and then one day you woke up and you're like, oh, I'm going to have chicken. Your yeah. body so would actually, get sick. Well, that happened to us. Like, so we were vegans for a, a few years, actually. Yeah. And then um, we, we lived in England. That's our accent. But <laughs> then we moved here. And it was, it was just a lot harder to do it here. So we started to uh, eat meat. And I remember so sick yeah. afterwards. Yeah. It was just because, again, it was just such a long time. But if you, you know, you're constantly the same giving your dog yeah. different things, you know, it, fine, they can eat the same thing one or two days in a robe or whatever. But, but not, not the whole life. Years. The whole time, yeah. right? That's and, not living and that's life. I was totally misled too. Like, I was just like, you want me to feed my dog watermelon for like every meal for like, I was like, how is that gonna <laughs> really yeah. come out? And I was like, all I right. I would love to eat watermelon every day for two weeks. Oh, it sounds it delicious. Like Batman's jam. <laughs> like, he was all we gotta over go, it. I really, we gotta go buy some watermelon today yeah right? i really want some it's yeah, yeah. And for I'm, both of us all of us right and <laughs> cantaloupe and honeydew yeah. like all of the oh, cucumbers yeah, some of that in the freezer actually yeah. right yeah. so 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 good and so it's like when you start to eliminate the thing that is actually causing the problem you'd be surprised like we haven't had to go to a vet for i mean aside from the the lump yeah right we haven't been to a vet with six dogs we don't go to the vet yeah 
right? I mean, wow. our one chihuahua was breathing funny. We took her there and found out she had, basically we spent about $700. This is laughable. My husband and I laugh about it. So we took our dog to the vet because she breathes funny. She's got a polyp on the inside of her nose is what we've sort of figured out. But she's always breathed funny, right? She breathes like a little pig, a little chihuahua pig. <laughs> and, um, and so it started to get progressively worse. So we take her to the vet and they do an x-ray on her and they come back and they're like, oh, she's got an enlarged heart. She's gulping for air and you need to take her to the emergency clinic all the way um, out uh, Trinity Hills, which is in like the area by where the ski hill is. And so it's it's really right. confusing to drive around there. I get lost every time. Yeah. So we wound up taking her there and basically spending $700, I'm not even joking you, for the vet to come back and tell us our dog's old. She's like, oh, yeah, dog's old. She's got an enlarged heart, which is very typical of a chihuahua at this age. And I was just like, that's it? So they sent you to a vet to spend $700 yeah. just to because tell you Because you had that. a chihuahua. Because we had a chihuahua. An older old, chihuahua. Old chihuahua, right? So I was just like, this is... Robbery. Yeah, it's robbery. And I was like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. We're not. We're just not doing this anymore. Like, you know, the only time that we're going to take any of our dogs for medical intervention is if it's really like dire straits. And I'm talking like, you know open wound needing stitches or like break a leg yeah. or something you know like that. what i mean yeah. like something yeah. where it's just like this is not in my wheelhouse but now yeah. it's like we are going to actually ride out symptoms our dogs are displaying to self-heal and all you do is just fast them if they're displaying a symptom where their body is trying to push something out fast them well and rest just like you rest, when we're yeah. sick just you know you don't want to we eat don't and, eat and really just, you just, and rest. just sleep right yeah. Like our body fight it off. And after, you know, if it, a week goes by and it's still not working, okay, then. Exactly. Then we should do it. And that's what we do as humans. And you're right. I don't know why. I think, again, it's the emotional attachment. And because they can't dogs. speak for themselves, yeah. right? Like when we're sick, so that's the other thing. Everybody seems, well, not everybody, I hate to group every yeah. human being together, but a lot of dog lovers like myself um, and my stepdad's this guy, right? If <laughs> Joey doesn't eat right away, like he panics. Why isn't he eating? Something must be wrong. He's not eating. He's not eating. Yeah. So he's on his hands and knees. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. And it's just like, it's he doesn't okay. want to eat. He doesn't yeah. want to eat, had that with some of her food and she just wasn't eating it. Yeah, she like, had the time in her yeah, life where like was, for a week she's just like, like nah. she didn't eat the whole week, but it was like out of the two meals, she might have one of them. Yeah. And it was just like fine. And I was like, okay, well, she's still like. But I was still worried. Yeah, I but was we are, like, yeah, but it was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. Maybe she's just, maybe she just doesn't like this food. Maybe yeah. she's just like, I've had enough of this food. Like, give me something new. That's exactly it. They will sell fast when they, when they yeah. want to. Right. So yeah. it's either, you know, a chihuahua starving you out. Cause she's like, I am not down with this red pepper meal yeah. that you're giving me. <laughs> right. I want my kibble and yeah. my greenies back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And after four days, she was like, well, I'm starting to feel weak. So I'm going to well, go. just eat what I have. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'll have to eat this. Yeah. Four day old red peppers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, eventually now it's just like they, that's their main food source. They yeah. know. They get yeah. excited over a piece of apple. Oh, it's so funny. It's it's crazy. We give her spinach. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, like, or lettuce, like a piece of lettuce. And you just, yeah. like, she you will can, literally drool. Yeah, she us. like drools <laughs> knowing that there's a piece of lettuce. And we always like do fun things and get her to do like a little trick or something. And and then she's like, just give it to me. You know, it's so funny. Right? It's but, but she's that, that's what her food, and those are treats. And that's what yeah. I guess to say is like, you don't have to, Especially for people starting off, instead of like the crappy treats, just swap it with a strawberry or strawberries, blueberries, 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 buy a thing, just you know, throw them in the freezer so they don't go bad. That's even better because then they're frozen. So exactly right, and so I mean that's that's what we do like for treats now. It's like. 
pitted dates right yeah. from Costco and they go bananas over it. And <laughs> I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I love it. And I mean, here's the other side of it too, right? Is, and I get the pushback from people. Oh, it's so expensive to do what you're doing. It's not cheap. It's no. not cheap, yeah. but I don't go to the vet. I'm not dropping yeah. tons and tons of That's money so on the vet every, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, especially with older dogs, yeah. which is what you would expect, right? Well, going to a vet all so there's a trade off, but vets are like the emergency comes out of yes. nowhere. You got to pay, goes on the credit card. Where yeah. like dog food is goes into like the you know monthly the maintenance it's our right? Bill, yeah. Yeah. right it's part of our groceries because yeah. at the end of the day the food that I buy my dogs I you also can eat eating. so I read mm. uh, in this is in the U S but the average dog owner spends twenty dollars a month on food that's it. That's like what a budget is for dog food. I, I know. know. I was disgusted. When we found I'm that like, out, I was like, we spend like $150 a month or something ridiculous on food for her. No, not that much. But yeah. Like $20? That's, so that's what, because it's talking about diet and all of that yeah. stuff. And and that's a thing. It's like, it's like, you know, the processed, heavily processed food. Well, it's it's cheap. It's cheap because it's not, you know, it's, it's not it's, real. There's nothing it's in not it. It's not real food. And so right? they can, and that, but they have to make it like that to, so it is that cheap yeah. so people can afford it. And that's, that's right. The, because the industry is so competitive. Yeah, like yeah. there's so many kibble brands, yeah. right? They 100%. have to make it cheap. Didn't want to use that word, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, sort of look at it like not every, not everybody can do what, what I've done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is time consuming. It does. I mean, I work from home too. Like that's the other caveat, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of contributing factors that allowed me to do what I did. But I mean, even if you just make a couple swaps out, like instead of a green bone, give your dog a carrot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Freeze oh, the carrot, you know, yeah. and then it's, it is like you, instead of some of those other treats, but like, you buy those for your, a lot of people buy vegetables anyway. So just take yeah. like, a, you know, if you buy a, a pack of like green beans, take a handful out, throw them in the freezer. Yeah, like you buy a cucumber, take a quarter yeah, of it off, two throw of it in the as freezer. Well. Yeah. So like we don't actually eat we can't go through yeah. some of the vegetables fast fruit enough. Never, so. Fruit and vegetables will never really go bad on you guys anymore yeah. mm. if you feed them to your dog. Like when stuff is starting to turn in the yeah. fridge, guess who it's gets it? That's the dog. That's literally what yeah. we do. That's exactly right? what we do. And, and, and that helps. It, oh, Just 100%. something little like that helps. But I think like it says, like take it into consideration that if you are going to be giving your dog these fruits and vegetables, take a little bit of their food away that that's day. That's right. Yeah. And don't, and don't, and don't feed it together. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're, if you're still, and again, like I would much rather find out that a dog is in a loving home and being fed kibble yeah, than being out on the streets, you yeah. know, being beaten or starved, whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I totally get it. Of a course. home is better than no home and food is better than no food. Yeah. Yes. And I'm a full supporter of that. Right. But if you can even make small shifts to some key things for your dog, right? Like if you're going to, like I see a lot of people who you know will do research on what is the best kibble I can give my dog and then they'll add additional supplements onto it and it's like so if you're spending all the money and the time on all these additional supplements and everything you're adding to the kibble mm. could I put forward a suggestion and don't yeah. hate me for it but maybe rethink the kibble side of it right yeah maybe even if it's just like there's some really great more convenient foods so one of the foods out there right now it's called smack um, so smack food is actually made in Canada. It's dehydrated fruit, veggies, and meat. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, 
I have it, not heard of it, so yeah. I'm really interested. It's a really good like. So you, it's kind of like kibble. It's kind of like kibble, yeah. but it's dehydrated real food. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So yeah, is dehydration it, isn't bad. It doesn't like destroy the. It food. doesn't yeah. destroy the nutritional yeah. content as much as processed, Cooking. you know, yeah. kibble would, because um, it it's all it's still you know kibbles at a super high temperature. Yeah. Dehydrating foods still you know it's dehydrating oh, yeah. them, but you know there's there's alternatives out there that are better for your dog than just kibble. Mm -hmm. um, and I would encourage people just to take a look at making even some small changes because here's the thing. You've got rotting bananas in your house, right? They're like black on the counter mm -hmm. and you're like, what am I going to do with these? Feed them to the banana dogs. Banana bread. No, you know, the browner a banana is, the better it is for your dog because it's full of cancer fighting agents, yeah. right? Um, and things like that we were sort of, you know, taught to be afraid of, like grapes are toxic to your dogs. Absolutely not. They're not. My dogs really? eat grapes constantly as meals. Wow. They're not toxic to your dog. Oh, okay. In fact, yeah, because I've read that. Yeah, so yeah. Google, Google tells you yeah, that well, grapes yeah. are toxic. Yeah, it will, and it will. Same with avocados. Google tells you avocados. You mentioned are avocados, and toxic. I like, and I hit that in my head, and I was like, I didn't think. But see, and that's what I said at the start. It's like a lot of that is outdated. Yeah. Too a lot of the food, and I'm not. We're not saying that it's not. I don't want someone to be like, oh, I'm gonna throw grapes, no. and you never know. So you never don't, know, uh, and especially like, a disclaimer the for whoever's listening or watching yeah. this. Yes, please. Anyone listening who wants to incorporate fruits or vegetables into your dog's diet, I strongly recommend that you do. But the one thing I advise you not to do is to feed it with kibble yeah. or mm -hmm. with any meat. Right. If you're going to do it, do it as treats, do it as a replacement meal. So if you want to just slowly start doing something like this, give your dogs banana for breakfast. Right. Yeah. And then wait the day and then give them their kibble. Yeah, just for to dinner. make sure that Enough they don't react to it. Yeah. yeah. Because I've learned this the hard way. When fruit goes in <laughs> oh, with six dogs, you learn a lot of things the hard way. I got to tell you that. Yeah. When fruit goes into the body and it's sitting on food that hasn't digested, it will ferment. And it will come back out and it will smell like alcohol because your dog's actually brewing alcohol in their stomach, fruits fermenting because it's sitting on top of a slower digesting food. Yes. Um, so there's wow. been a few times where I've made that mistake. So like melons, cucumber, honeydew, cantaloupe, watermelon, very fast digesting food, yes. like extremely fast. What I would advise you not to do <laughs> is feed bananas and then feed watermelon because what you'll wind up with if you do one right after the other is a nice little foamy mess of what I could only compare to as moonshine sangria <laughs> on your carpet and it's hard to get yep. out and it stinks. Um, oh and God. so it's just taking some of those things into consideration when you're doing it. But um, a lot of the things that I was sort of, you know, brought up as a first time dog owner to think that were toxic and would kill my dog are the exact opposite. Um, the thing with avocados, what's bad about avocados is it's high in fat. So don't give your dog yeah. 10 avocados. And I guess you give kind your of like, a bite of you avocado. flush yeah. all the stuff out of their system too first as well. I think mm -hmm. that's, oh yeah. I think that's maybe what people say is maybe it's cause like avocados or grapes don't mix well with like, that's yeah, right. the, the, the high processed food and yeah. all that. So what's their bodies the are fighting, you know, it. So exactly. maybe that, maybe that's why actually those aren't good. It could, know. you're probably onto yeah. something. Right? I'm no yeah. expert. It was just a, was just a yeah. thought it just I had. just kind of common sense, Because you were talking about right? don't mix food. So I was yeah. like, maybe that's why they say it's bad yeah. because it's not a. And here's the other thing too, right? Like when you, and again, I am not slighting the veterinarian 
industry by any stretch. Like these men and women went to school for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like they know an awful lot about what they're doing. I'm not doubting that whatsoever. Right. Um, but also in the same respect, you know, they have been taught a certain way and certain mm. things. Right. And yeah. I mean, unless you have, and I'm not saying I should be anybody's case study, but unless you have an individual that comes in and says, look, this is what I did. Yeah. And I can tell you for a fact that grapes and avocados are not toxic however that being said this is what i'm feeding my dog so in this environment yes. with what they're eating it is not toxic and it's not them. like it's mm. just one dog because that's the thing it's not like it's just a fluke like it's yeah. six dogs and i think that's the interesting part you didn't just yeah. do it one and then well the other but i wouldn't do it the other one yeah but yeah. it's like six like mature dogs yeah. too no, exactly, like so. they've not had that time you know over the lifetime to adjust to that diet you just kind of changed it by yourself when they're so far gone already yeah. right like that's incredible and then too like and i was this person right my dog had stomach upset and i would go to the vet and be like oh my dog's pooping their pants and yeah i can't like it's bothering me it's been a day and you know and oh what did they eat last and then you say what you know they ate last and instantly you know the vet's like well it could be this it could be that don't feed them this or probably Buy allergic. our food that's on the shelf right? yeah <laughs> it will fix you i had one vet tell me that batman and falcor were allergic to chicken and i had to switch them to a straight duck kibble diet so i, I did a lot that. of dogs that yeah. we've met a lot of dogs where they say because we have somehow like, they're allergic they to chicken, chicken and it just yeah. it's like it doesn't make uh, sense how are you pinpointing that allergy yeah. Yeah. Is the first question that I had but then I believed wholeheartedly and I was like okay so next thing you know I'm buying this single ingredient duck kibble and both of them had a horrible reaction oh yeah it was not cheap (laughs) yeah and both of them had a horrible reaction to it and both of them wound up in the vet for two days on on IV fluids because the vet's like oh this is what's happening and so I think too you know doctors and vets are giving you an educated guess when you bring a dog in with symptoms of something they're looking at those symptoms and saying okay well according to x y and z symptom it matches with this diagnosis but it could also be this diagnosis it could also so be we this. don't know so, so let's we don't start know. testing things so is is toxicity in grapes really a thing or is it just how they were looking at the yeah. dogs right like what was your control there's study? not enough research out yeah. there i guess to tell you exactly goes, what's toxic what's not toxic exactly and i think it goes back to what you had said brian where you know it's like there's just not enough research that's been yeah. done on it because quite honestly, you know, dogs aren't humans, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so unless, you know, we do it ourselves, I don't think anybody's going to come out. I certainly know that the kibble industry is not going to come <laughs> yeah. out and be like, everybody should be feeding their dogs fruit, vegetables, and meat. Yeah. Well, right? I don't know, but maybe like advocates and people like us well, that no, are bringing that message become, out. It is, it is. Like, the, like the raw food kind of yes. um movement movement that's the word is becoming a lot more popular and and so it is it's it's the smaller places that are kind of going against but it's like any industry there's always the small ones but but they'll never take over these giant ones also responsible breeders are the ones who advocate for the raw diet or the healthy things so so. if we can make people aware of responsible breeders out there who do advocate for dogs needs then maybe things will change that's right and and i would not have i'll tell you this like the founder of cb rescue belinda she went into that vet's office when she got the diagnosis for Peter and she looked at that vet and she was like, I am not feeding this dog your food and I'm going to tell you why. And so she went and she is very like, you got to be anybody who's involved in rescue, myself included, 
you have to be a little bit crazy and not crazy in a bad way, but crazy in love with your passion for dogs. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And you speak for those dogs mm-hmm. and you sometimes speak a little bit passionately yeah. to the wrong people mm-hmm. who are just like, that woman is a wing nut. Yeah. I've been that wing nut. The founder of CB Rescue has probably been that wing nut a few times, but she looked at the vet and said, I'm not feeding the dog the kibble you're recommending. This is what I'm going to do with this dog. And I've done it before with another dog and we reversed her cancer. And so thank you very much for the diagnosis. Godspeed. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good and then you. she told me about the diet and yeah. had she not been Peter's advocate before me, Peter would have been on that kibble and she well, would and not every be with other us dog right now. every yeah. other dog you would have had after that that's too, right so yeah that's yeah. right and so all it takes is one person mm-hmm. and that one person ignites a fire in another yeah. person that's and why like we wanted to have on. you on this because that's what we need and we're, we're pretty passionate too about diet and all of that stuff as well so yeah. it's it's the more that we can share it and some people don't listen, and that's fine. It's and that's just, okay. It's we will like probably get like, some hate, but yeah. like, hey, you that's know, <laughs> whatever. I just, I think for me, it's just like you know, you know your, you know your animals best, yeah. right? And you need to do what you feel is best. And I got a lot of—I don't want to say I got a lot of hate, but I got some hate when I um, decided to go in and have the lump removed from Peter. Like I had people on both sides of the groups that I'm, you know, part of being like, don't cut into her body. Like you've already proven that uh, you can heal the kidney uh, failure. Like right. you can heal. And I was just like, I get it, but well, I'm if there's extremes on everything. Yeah. And yeah. right. It's cancer. It can spread. It like can there's spread. that risk. And I, and I feel like the whole process of us finding out that she wasn't in kidney failure was literally divine intervention by God himself. Because I look at it and it's just like, if she didn't have that tumor, and if I wasn't going to get that tumor removed, she would have never had the blood work. I would have never found out that she didn't have kidney failure. That's true. It's like everything just falls into place, right? So I feel like the surgery was something I had to do. I was being told to do it. And that's Mm -hmm. why I was given the information I was given. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I I don't think that I am the miracle worker by any stretch. I know that there's only one who's responsible for that. I think you are. (laughs) But I I had a part in it, right? In the sense I listened and I followed and, you know, and so... You know, that's why I went through with the surgery because yeah. I was yeah. just like, nah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, it all kind of lined up so yeah. specifically it's for like me. Everything to find happens this out, for a reason, right? right? And I listened to I listened to the whole thing, yeah. and and so you know, here we are. And I think you know, don't be afraid to go against the grain. Um, it can be challenging, but in the long run, it's really worth it. And I think there's a lot of us that learned that over the last three years. And I've sort of incorporated that into the way that I raise my dogs and take care of my dogs because I'm just like, everything is not what it seems. And you need to look into things a little bit more instead of just trusting what one person tells you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Come to your own conclusions. That's right. They say come to your own. That's right. And if you feel good about it in your heart, then do it. Yeah, that's the right move for you. And at least if if it was the wrong move, but at least you made that choice. That's yeah, right. And, and, I, and I you can learn it. from yeah. it. Right? Well, right? and that's that's your choice. So now you can't put blame on anyone other than yourself. But then yeah. it's a you learn something because if you rely on someone else to make that decision and it's the wrong decision, then you will be like bitter and you will, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not going to ever get another dog because I can't trust the people that are supposed to be taking care of. It. It's like no. 
you're supposed to be taking care of your That's dog, right. not the vets, you know. Exactly, right? And so, and I was always that type of person too. Like I'd go into the vet and they'd be like, well, you know, we can, you know, they'd always be like, you should do this blood panel. You should do this MRI, like this, 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 and this. And I'd be like, okay, hold the phone <laughs> for a second, right? Let's start with what your first recommendation was. Try yeah. these antibiotics. Let's try yeah. the antibiotics. I'm going to go with that bill. And then we'll talk about the thousand yeah. dollar bill that you want me to do to run a gamut of tests if these antibiotics don't work. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's really a lot of it is, you know, question everything, really question everything yeah. and know that there's multiple ways of solving problems yeah. that you have, right. And dealing with certain things. And I, you know, believe that there's a reason that we have all of the kind of food that we have here and every, you know, herbs and all of those things. Like, you know, God gave us all of this stuff for us. Mm-hmm. So it obviously serves a purpose and that mm-hmm. purpose should, you know, be passed on to, to our dogs. To animals, right? yeah. yeah, in general, right? So, That's yeah. Awesome. So, be curious. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, be curious. Be curious about it and don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to, you know, ask for whys behind it, right? Like, why, why are you giving me this diagnosis? Why, why are you telling me that this is the path to treatment? Like, you know, what are some other options and, and do some research to find out other people's success stories of things that maybe have been a little unconventional, right? Like you often hear about people getting diagnosed with cancer and refusing chemo treatment and people are Mm. just like, what? But body can heal itself. We have everything that we need Mm -hmm. within ourselves, right? right? You know, and I'm not saying like, hey, if you've got cancer, like just don't go to the doctor. Exactly. Make your own choice. Choices. Advocate for yourself, and you know, not everything comes down to one answer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of answers that you can you know get to solve a problem, right? Yeah. So. That's my that's my crazy crazy dog story. That's awesome. I think this is a great way to end this. I guess. No, that was good. I mean, I was going to say if there's anything you wanted to add, but you kind of summarize it all up at the end there. So that's good. And and like you said, just kind of think, just stop and think. Try to like you said, remove the emotions. Yeah. Even just temporarily, not like fully, but just like when you get that thing from the vet, don't jump to conclusions. Just like. Let me think about it. We'll give you a call if we want to go ahead with Sleep that. Sleep on whatever. it. Yeah. I can't stress mm-hmm. that enough. And, you know, people make fun of anybody who says, oh, I'll do my own research on that. Everyone's like, okay. <laughs> right? But it's just like, for real. Like, you there's know, a lot of good information on there. There's a lot of good There's a lot of bad. But again, critically think your way through it, yes. right? And, and so critical it, thinking is yeah. definitely the thing, that's right? The, that's the <laughs> that's word. That's the one. Right? And so that's that's really all I would suggest. And, yeah. and don't be afraid to, to go off the beaten path a little bit and go back to the bare bones basics of things. Like there's a reason that everything in our environment works so beautifully, cohesively together, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is meant to exist together and use what you have around you, right? That's how God intended it. And so it would only make sense that dogs would eat prey and eat fruit. Like I, when I go to the grocery store, so this is the other thing. If you, if you start feeding your dogs massive amounts of produce, you start being a deal hunter. 
right? And so the people at Superstore think I'm crazy. I'm the banana lady. Because I go in with, I got six dogs. I got to feed them bananas. <laughs> yeah. It's cases of bananas. That's a lot. And I get comments all the time. Oh, you're baking a lot of banana bread. And I'm like, no, I feed it to my dogs. <laughs> and everyone's just yeah. floored by, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, dogs love bananas. And I was like, try it one day if you've got dogs. And I used like, to take home kid? like leftover fruit from, from events that I worked at in the past. And they're like, oh, I was like, oh, no, this is all for my dog. They're like. Like, yeah, like the watermelon and, yeah. and pineapple. And they're, they're like, you feed your dog. I was like, yeah, it's, it's but like you going have right to, into the freezer. Yeah. You have to talk about yeah. it, though. Yeah. You have to teach people, like, yeah. it's okay to yeah. feed them these things okay. because they wouldn't know. Because what did dogs do before there was kibble manufacturers? Yeah. What did people feed their dogs? And that was only, well, no. Table scraps. Yeah, yeah. Table right? exactly. What Bobby in Argentina was fed. Yeah. Like that, you know, Just, and yeah. so... If you put it in that philosophy, it's and then I think to myself, I was like, well, what did people do back in the day yeah. when there was no kibble, right? Nobody was using that. Oh, it's inconvenient. It's not convenient to feed the dog. You just fed the dog because yeah. Yeah. you fed them the scraps from the table. That yeah. was your pattern. Just but like then, you fed yourself. Right? Mm. Yeah. But then they introduced the convenience of kibble, and then kibble got pushed to be it that has all the nutritional value you'll ever need, right? And then you see an increase in dogs being diagnosed with cancers and pancreatis and, and you know, But also failure. being overweight. Overweight, I mean. That's if, a big thing. I showed you a picture of Batman before and after. <laughs> like, he didn't look fat to me. He looks fat to me now in the photos. Yeah, you I mentioned that, yeah, when you're looking at yeah. Right? But at the time, I was like, oh, he's just, what did I used to say? I can't remember. I didn't call him fat, but it's like basically he's big boned, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's big for a minpin is what yeah. I would yeah. say yeah. to people, right? So he's not fat. He's, yeah. he's a big minpin. Yeah. yeah. And they'd be like, okay, lady. It's all muscle, really. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just like his legs are shorter than they should be. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a big minpin. Yeah. He's, they told me he would have been 10 to 14 pounds, and it turns out he's 18. And they'd be like, it's 18 pounds of fat. Yeah. That's what he is, right? Right. <laughs> I didn't see it because yeah. I wasn't I wasn't ready yeah. to see it, right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing and and it's only when you look back. Especially when like dogs gain weight over time too, it's harder to notice as well. Exactly. So like when we gain weight yes. over time, like you put on five pounds, you don't really notice yeah. it. You put on ten pounds, you kinda notice then it. Then you put bit. on like two stone and you're like, Oh right? shit. And then you go see someone you haven't seen in a long time and they're like, Ooh and yeah. you're just like what? Yeah. <laughs> right? what happened? Like, yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah. Right? But I mean, you know, it's like having that self awareness and mm -hmm. realization sometimes. It really to, is. Yeah. And then I changes. think, you know, seeing just the energy level increase yeah. in all of my dogs, I mean, that that to me was the biggest indicator. I was like, yeah, we're on the right path mm -hmm. here. We're 100% on the right path. You guys are running around when you're not supposed to be, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was all a good sign. And then it's like, when you think about it, when you start eating healthy and you start working out and things like that, your energy level goes yeah. way like up. You just Sleep feel better, good. You feel better. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I think, yeah, it's like we said, just treat your dog or pets or whatever, how you would treat yourself. You right. Know? If you're one of those people that just eats fast food all day and then I'm sorry, there's just no hope for your dog. <laughs> exactly. And then balls in your court, right? Yeah. Own it. Own yeah. it. Yeah. And own it with your dog. And yeah. when you're back and forth from the vet constantly because your dog's got diarrhea or pancreatitis yeah. or kidney failure or liver failure or their teeth are falling out because their dental's so bad, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, 
I don't know what you want me to say. It's not the breed's fault. It's It's not where you got the dog from. No, it's you. You're the problem. It's it's you. (laughs) Just like, you know, Batman, like I know I was telling you before we started, right? Like I'll never get probably a puppy again because Batman was just like put me through the ringer. Like he was a really, really, you know, hard dog. And it's like. It was all me. It wasn't him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the it wasn't the backyard breeder that I got him from, although I, I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah. But it was me. I knew nothing about really his breed. I read one book. Yeah. And thought I was fully versed on minpins. Turns out not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew nothing about proper training and how to be a pack leader and how to show that dominance to my dog so he would respect me, right? Mm-hmm. I never socialized him properly around children or other dogs, so he became leash aggressive and hates kids and all of those things that I didn't educate myself properly on enough to... Well, like, you realize that now. But That's now the know, important right? thing, right? Yeah. I've learned now. Yeah. But at the a time, lot of I people didn't. are delusional and they yeah. just don't realize. They go on through life blaming the dog. Yeah. When or reality, other dogs, if yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah, or other yeah. people. Like, it's everyone else's fault. It's yeah. not yeah. my fault. I'm exactly. not doing anything wrong. But you are. You are the one that's responsible for that life. That's right. I don't believe that there's bad dogs. There's no bad dogs. There's bad owners. Yeah. Right? People, sure. we are the problem. We are the problem with the dog overpopulation. We are the problem with dog behavioral issues. We are the problem with dog health problems. Like, we are the problem. Mm -hmm. And so the only way is to acknowledge that, correct course, and not be the problem. Mm -hmm. And then I think that you know, the world would be a much better, a much better place, quite honestly. Maybe the vet industry might not be making as much money, um, you know, if we started taking more of our dog's health into our own hands. But at the same time, it would be really nice. And I know there are veterinarians out there that are partners and advocates for your dog's actual health, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And not all about, you know, necessarily making money, but truly want to see a path for a better life for your dog, right? Yeah. Um, And so, and more and more of those professionals are coming forward and starting, you know, to be those advocates. And so I really, I like seeing, I like seeing that, but I mean, we've got a long ways to go for sure. Well, I think you are obviously a wonderful person and you're doing a good work out there. And we are so happy that you came here today to talk to us. And I think this is a good way to kind of finish the podcast. Yeah. That's going to be it for today's episode. So we appreciate you kind of listening to that whole story. We really hope that uh, you got some value out of that. Maybe you learned something. Maybe it will kind of make you think a little bit differently about uh, what you want to do with your dog. Um, If you did learn something or you know someone else that might want to hear this story, uh, we would love it if you shared it with them. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like and comment if there was anything uh, that you took away from it. If you're listening to this on any of the audio-only platforms, then be sure to follow us and rate us as well because that would really help out. So thanks again for uh, tuning in to this episode, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye for now.